Welcome to Untold Physio Stories, a podcast that informs and educates by connecting you to rehab industry leaders who share their candid successes and failures in business and practice. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. It's uh, Urson and Jason tonight. We're together back again, right? I am here. Jason as in Jason Shane, we should clarify. Jason Shane, yes, because our guest tonight is Dr. Jason Silvernail. Uh, we'll let him introduce himself quickly, and uh, then our Jason Shane can ask him the question. Absolutely. Hey, great. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Jason Silvernail. I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I've been doing PT for about 20 years. And uh, I'm also a uh, officer in the United States Army. And because of that, I got to give you my quick disclaimer. Everything I say today is my personal opinion and commentary and does not reflect the official policy or position of the United States government, the Department of Defense, or the United States Army. Thanks very much. Perfect. So the question that we ask all our guests is, Jason, do you have, which I'm sure you do, a story, a success or failure in clinic, uh, practice, or business that you'd like to share with our listeners that you've learned from or that you think might benefit our listeners? Well, I sure do. And thanks for asking. So um, I think the first one I'm thinking of here is this was, I'm trying to imagine, I probably had about 12 years of clinical practice experience at this, at this point. And I had a patient come in and she was an oral surgeon, right? So she was a, she was a dentist who went to specialty training in oral surgery. And so she, she did a lot of in, very, very intricate work. If you know anything about head and neck surgery, which you probably do. I mean, these folks are very, very focused people. Uh, they go through a lot of rigorous training and their, their fine motor skills are extremely important, especially in the, uh, uh, the head, neck and uh, oral facial area. And she had had like wrist and elbow pain for probably eight months to a year. It was escalating, getting worse, you know, kind of had a pretty typical vague lateral epicondalgia sort of presentation, but she also had a little bit of some neck pain and stiffness too. She'd been on some NSAID and she tried like a local injection, which made her feel better for like a, a month, but then made her worse. Go figure. We've never seen that even in randomized trials, right? So, uh, so she was pretty miserable, painful, and she had heard that I was a guy who, in her hospital system who, who could help people, and she said, okay, well, people say you're the guy to see for this stuff, and like all great stories start like this. Mm-hmm. And so, so she comes to see me, and I'm like, all right, def- I'll definitely you know, take a look at you, and let's you know, block some time and see what we can do. So I set her up. So she comes in, and she is, she is very irritable. Like, I mean, light touch pressure around her elbow and like she's ready to jump off the table. Uh, and so I tried to work with her a, l- a little bit on some grip stuff. I looked at her neck. Her neck was, a, was stiff and it was a little less um, uh, sensitive to exam than her elbow was. And, uh, you know, she almost had like a complex regional pain syndrome type presentation. I mean, in terms of like how sensitive she was, she didn't really have any trophic changes in the hand, uh, no swelling, no atrophy or anything like that. But the point is she had a lot of pain and she had a lot of central sensitization, a lot of uh, allodynia going on, a lot, definitely a lot of hyperalgesia going on. And so I, I start working with her a little bit. I try to do one or two things with her elbow, some evidence-based stuff, and she can't tolerate it at all. I mean, she just, she's like, I'm sorry, this just hurts so much. She said, look, no problem. 
PT should not hurt a lot. It should not be very painful. Uh, you know, we're not here to hurt people. Let's find something else we can do that's going to make this feel better. So I went up to her, her cervical spine. I started working with her cervical spine and, you know, maybe you can do some test retest and maybe that's helping some of the symptoms at her, uh, her, her el uh, forearm and her elbow. So I, I see her maybe two visits, you know, and we make, you know, G-Rock plus two kind of improvement. Like, so is she a little better? Yes, but it's not, it's not what I would consider, um, like a definite improvement. And all the while, you know, I'm trying to work with her as much as I can, doing a little on the C-spine. Every time I go back down to that elbow to try something on the first two visits, she just can't tolerate anything more than like moderate palpation. Uh, she's just not tolerating anything there at all. I say, okay, well, it's no problem. She's pretty frustrated. I say, look, you know, give me three, four visits and we'll see what we can do here. And then we'll talk other options. And then she just doesn't come back. And then maybe I see her maybe two months later. She comes in, she's got like a stack of papers in her hands with this uh, kind of I told you so expression on her face. And I think, oh man, what am I about to walk into, right? So she says, you know, uh, you didn't help me at all. And I'm thinking to myself, that is totally not how I remember our interactions, but okay. And she said, I went down to this, this local guy and he did a lot of hard massage and he used one of those metal bars to scrape my arm and took care of all the scar tissue and it was better in two visits. I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> hang on, let's, let's come on back to the, to the clinic. Let's talk about this a little bit. So this lady who, who was very, very sensitive in her arm, you know, who, you, who, you know, whose sort of job requires like an amount of, like the amount of study and practice and the amount of like uh, eye-hand coordination you can't imagine, couldn't tolerate me examining the elbow. But when she went to some, uh, like a massage practitioner kind of outside of our system, he proceeded to scrape her arm really hard with a metal bar, causing bruising up and down her hand. And according to her, totally alleviated her pain within like two sessions and had been returning to surgery. And she had these papers in, in her hand that were like like uh, seminars this guy was giving for, yeah. for his stuff, <laughs> for his tools or whatever. It's like, you need to send all your people to this program so you can really start helping people. And I'm like, oh, thanks. That's really nice. I appreciate that. And so it's just one of those things where, I, well, A, you know, number one, the most important thing is that she got better. And she got better. She got back to surgery and helping her patients. That's the most important thing. But I think oftentimes uh, one of the stories I learned and one of the lessons I think is kind of packed up is here is even if you make the best decision you possibly can for your patient, even if you're very careful to judge their irritability and their sensitivity and their symptoms and, you know, come up with a good differential and try your best to, to pursue sensible course of therapy, sometimes people who do stuff that should by all rights make somebody worse actually through blind luck or whatever will make somebody better and they'll think about that and sometimes that's just how the how the cookie crumbles so to speak wow <laughs> that's hilarious when you preface this story i had no idea where this was going to go but Neither i didn't think it was I. that because i i feel like this can happen this is going to happen to me soon oh yeah because, and, and the thing is 12 years ago i might as well have been that guy yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you probably, maybe you were the guy who helped her. You I, I could have been that guy. <laughs> thanks a lot, I mean, pal. I was teaching those uh, seminars back then, and it's basically well, I mean, thanks to you why I changed uh, in the first place. So, well, I mean, I like, think there's there's a time and place for like a like a soft tissue mobilization. So if somebody's out there and they're like, well, hey, I use those tools. I mean, I I got no problem. I mean, it's not my cup of tea, but I got no problems. I think those things can be done sensibly. 
But even even if you are into that, which I don't think there's anything wrong with, whoever saw her clearly was not doing this in a sensible way, clearly was was acting in ways that we have every reason to think would have made her way worse. And yeah. yet somehow, as the you know, even a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while, right? And that's just how it happened. And now this guy's sitting there like, man, I am way better than that PT guy over there trying to play around with her neck. I just need to scrape people harder. That's probably the lesson they took from it. And the lesson she took was you need to send all your people over here and get like brutalized by, you know, by metal tools to get better. And so, yeah. And, and Jason, you uh, might you might know the term or the phrase better than myself. I know I've seen it before, but isn't the gist it's sort of like practitioners who get people better think it's because of the intervention they did but or the explanation that they give like they were breaking up scar tissue but it wasn't you know they happened to luck out it was probably for some other different reason do you know what I mean like there's kind of like oh yeah there's several different logical fallacies wrapped up in there that I think the first one is the uh um, is the post hoc fallacy, the idea that just because you did something and somebody was different afterward, the reason they were better was because of what you did. And exactly. it's not always the case. Uh, maybe that was natural history working for her. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. It's hard to say. I mean, I think bottom line, I'm glad her elbow's better and she got back to doing surgery. And that's probably the most important thing. Exactly. But it also sometimes helps is to know as clinicians out there, even when you do everything right to make the right decision for a patient and to try to treat them um, with respect and care for the symptoms that they have and try to move them along forward, uh, sometimes even good decisions aren't rewarded and sometimes bad decisions are. <laughs> well said. The funny thing is you said you, you prefaced the story by saying you were haunted by it. I'm like, out of all the stories you could be haunted by, I, oh, you know what, I guess this would really... This would really yeah. bug me too. And this oh, is that's another who... story. That's another story. Oh, this is now, not the now, haunted now let's one. not go there. Because no, no. as, okay. as, as, as sort of as the um, uh, the person trying to keep everyone on track for time, we're just shy of uh, the moderator, just shy of 10 right. minutes. I'm gonna... where, can we fi- where can they find you on social media, Jason? Well, they can find me at facebook.com slash Jason Silvernail. And they can also find me on Twitter uh, at Jason Silvernail. That's J A S O N. S-I-L-V-E-R-N-A-I-L, all one word. Thanks. And Jason, do you teach at all? Do you have any materials that you put out? Yeah, I've got uh, on social, uh, on Soma Simple, I've got like a, a media page where I have a central location for all the podcasts and interviews and stuff that I've done in the past. Uh, I've got one with you guys with Therapy Insiders. I've done a series with Karen Litzy. If you've ever heard Karen Litzy's Healthy, Wealthy, Smart podcast, you definitely should have that on your rotation. And a couple of other things I've done, some videos I've got, I've got up that, that people can find there. Uh, and they can if they go to my Twitter page, uh, at Jason Silvernail, and they go to my pinned post, the link to it is in there. Perfect. We'll also put it in the show notes. Sweet. Urson, how can people find you? Oh, well, follow me on uh, Modern Manual Therapy on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Check out Edge Mobility System for tools that should be used scraping as light as a kitten licks you. (laughs) Dope. And uh, subscribe via email to Modern Manual Therapy for any of our awesome daily blog updates. How about you, Jason? Thank you. Uh, you can follow me through my website, which is my last name, shanephysiotherapy.ca, or on Facebook under Shane Physiotherapy. The biggest Canadian physiotherapist in the world. I am not overweight. Let's clarify this. Not that there's anything wrong right. with that, but people are going to be and, thinking this guy's getting bigger and bigger. Right. All right. And thanks to UpDoc Media for hosting. We're out.